Hello, my name is Katie, and this is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. If you have been around here for a minute, you know we are trying to reach 250 podcast reviews on iTunes. I appreciate every one of you who take the time to leave a review. It takes like literally 60 seconds. But to honor those of you who do, I want to give you a shout out on the podcast. And this review of the week is from Olivia Lauren Music. It says, Katie is truly the super cool aunt that everyone needs. I love it. Her wisdom, honesty, and charm even make the toughest pills to swallow a bit more tolerable. I've been listening for years and will share this with my children someday as an example of a way to live a life like Jesus. Love you, Katie, and to the team who puts this podcast together. Oh, Olivia, I love you. Thank you so much to you for leaving a review and everyone else who does. It really helps other girls to find us. And today's episode, you guys, I I think you're going to love it. This girl became my instant best friend, and we have a great conversation that is super helpful to everyone's ears. So here we go. Tony Collier is a popular speaker and founder of the international women's ministry, Broken and Crayons Still Color. By the way, I love that. She knows that beauty can come from something broken. After a lifetime of childhood trauma, navigating a toxic marriage and divorce, an unhealthy church, and becoming a single parent, she felt betrayed, shame-filled, and used. But because of her brokenness, she believes she was unworthy and unqualified to have a life of meaning and purpose. How could beauty and hope come and be born from a painful life? But God's light collided with her in her darkest night and deepest pain and showed her that broken crayons still color, especially in the hands of the master artist. Woo woo! Welcome, my friend. Hey, girl! Gosh, was that about me? My goodness. Apparently, yes. I got that. I was like, I need to meet her. Can I be her best right. friend? Are we, are we best friends? Did this? Well, apparently, because as soon as we got on this call, I'm wearing a Georgia Southern sweatshirt. And she's like, wait, I'm from Atlanta. And so, and then she got, she eloped in Chattanooga where I live now. So, I mean, I don't I'm know just what saying. further Something's happening. We don't know what. <laughs> Amazing. Well, welcome, Tony. You have had quite the life. I'm so excited about this book, about this story. I it's so interesting, you know, obviously our greatest stories, our greatest offerings are unfortunately sometimes walking through some junk. And it sounds like Yeah. 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 So back us up. Tell us about a little bit about you in a nutshell, and then we'll get into the the nitty-gritty. Okay, okay, a little bit about me. Okay. Well, first and foremost, I'm originally from Houston, Texas. And I always have to say that because Texas, you know what I'm saying? Bigger, right. better, best state Obvious. in the world. A little crazy at times, you know what I'm saying? But we own it. And that's all that matters. <laughs> Don't mess which with says, Texas. Which says a lot about my personality. A little crazy at times, but I own it. You know what I'm saying? Ratchet, little wild, loud. But I believe that I'm called uh, by Jesus to share hope and healing into the world. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I get to do that through all sorts of things. I have a podcast as well called the still coloring podcast. I have a women's organization called broken crayon still color. We essentially just help women heal. So we have like courses and devotionals and little community groups where we're just walking with women through like the gritty, nasty valleys of life. I get to travel and speak and preach. Um, I, I'm a pastor's wife. I've never actually said hey. that. I'm a pastor's wife. My husband's planted a church called Story Church. I get to teach there sometimes. Um, and yeah, we've got two littles. It's nuts right now because we just had a kid. He's like almost three months. I'm still wow. a little confused as to why we've done this to ourselves. But we love him. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have an eight-year-old. Strong-willed blessing is what I call her because she's a little wow. She's a little wow. A little world changer. Yeah, in the making. and I got a book coming out, you know? Yes. So that's kind of a lot, and I love it. Yeah, it is. 
I love it. Um, okay, this is random, but you said Texas. This is the home of Bucky's, and Bucky's just came to Calhoun. And our school today has Bucky's Day, and my child is proudly wearing her Bucky shirt. Oh, what a winner! <laughs> what a winner! It is honestly probably the second heaven. Uh, I think <laughs> I'm, I'm just gonna say it. Okay. Yeah, right. The few people who don't know, and this is not what the podcast is about, but it's essentially a gas station meets a mall meets a market, deli and a, yeah, market. yeah. It's what is happening. I don't even know, but it's yeah. wonderful. <laughs> okay, so Tony, all of that, and then you walk through some junk. Can, can we get through junk land? Because let's you got to go through the junk, junk before land. you get to it. Let's go. Let's do it. I just love junk land. I love <laughs> that you put it that way. It's like a yeah. ride that you just, you want to get off of, but you never can. You just freaking never can. Um, lots of things, man. Um, so growing up, we had a blended family. My mom was really sick growing up. She had a massive stroke. She lost her ability to walk, then gained it back. Then, I mean, just she lost her large intestines. She had seizures. I mean, so many things. And unfortunately, my dad worked a whole bunch and my brother really just couldn't handle it. He went to drugs and all the things. And so I actually started taking care of my mom at around eight years old, wow. which was beautiful then. But I grew up way too fast and ended up losing my virginity at 13. Mm -hmm. I started numbing with alcohols, popping bottles at like 14 years old and went to drugs, of course, smoking and popping. And then boys, okay, lost my virginity at 13. Um, unfortunately, was sexually manipulated and abused um, by an older guy all throughout high school and ended up leaving my parents' house at 16, putting wow. myself through college. Cause I've always kind of been like an achiever. It was like validation from boys and then accolades. Cause I really just, you know, wanted to succeed, but just had a lot of stuff. I had a lot of pain, ended up put myself through college, partying a whole bunch, a lot of nights. I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> Working all over the club, a lot of sweat. Okay. A lot of sweat. Um, and ended up, I was suffering bulimia because perfection and all the things. Um, and so I had an eating disorder all throughout college. And then finally at 19, I was like, I'm going to get my life together. I'm going to go to law school. I'm going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And then I didn't do it. I felt, oh, I fell in love with a guy. And at 19, instead of going to law school, I um, moved from Texas to Georgia and married this guy that I had met three months later. And was a little crazy. Mm -hmm. And it turned out to be a toxic and abusive marriage. But I got saved at 21. And, you know, it's just always like a little caveat here, you know? Yeah. Saved at 21, joined a church, started serving with youth ministry. Um, there was a mentor there, the youth pastor, that just kind of took me under his wing and helped me get my freaking life together. He's like, hey, you got to stop coming to church high kind of thing. Like mm -hmm. we can smell the alcohol in your breath, sweet girl. And so just gradually started, you know, cleaning my, my life up and became, you know, a follower of Jesus instead of just a fan mm -hmm. and started serving in the ministry, ended up getting ordained, which I'm still just shocked at this point. I'm like, who did this? Who trusted me with these, with this ministry, you know? Um, but ended up get, going through a divorce um, and having a daughter and, really and you're very young at this point, right? Yeah. 23. Wow. 23. So much life, so much life. And after the divorce, I would say that's, that was kind of like my rock bottom. We were broke. We were on like WIC food stamps, financial assistance. I had this little girl. And at that point, I think I maybe believed that 
all of my brokenness really couldn't be used anymore. Like that. And okay, we went a little too far, sweet girl, like divorce, like you just went a little too far. And so redemption was far, but for some reason, I still just felt God calling me to ministry. And so I joined a, a really healthy church under the leadership of Andy Stanley. And then I, I love North Point. Love oh, it. Yeah, North Point. Yeah, girl, I love it. Obsessed. Oh, yes. you know it. Ended up yep, hopping on staff as a communicator, turning my whole life around. And now I'm here. Still a little crazy. Can't have too much to drink because I'm wild and uh, putting boundaries around myself and healing and going to counseling. And here we are. You know what I'm saying? So. <laughs> I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> I can't help think that your club in days, I'm picturing, you know, apple bottom jeans and boots with the fur. Boots and <laughs> the fur. See, y'all don't know. The people listening to this don't know it. Y'all young. You don't know about them apple bottom jeans, okay? You don't know. But we do. <laughs> but we do. Well, uh, girl, I was there. I was there too. And and God's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you need to calm down, sweet girl. Okay. But that's, oh, I could talk for days about just even that. Like, yeah. because we always think it's the perfect people. We always think it's yeah. the cleaned up and, and God's like, no, no, we got it. We got to play with this one right here. And could you imagine the angels like, wait, wait, Hey God. So are you wait, sure? Wait, wait. <laughs> he just slid down a pole on into a split. Are we sure <laughs> about this one? Okay. And she ain't even a stripper. How she, how she get on the pole. Okay. That was me. Okay. I think I just, it's, it's like, She's the beer keg champ. Are yeah. we sure? You know? Are we sure? Yeah. Can we take maybe like just like second place or do we have to take the champion? Okay. All right. So okay. that's what okay. we're doing. Okay. <laughs> and God's like, yep, that's the one. And so now you are a pastor's wife, writing a book, traveling and talking about Jesus. In yeah, short. girl. You know. That's all. No biggie. And you have a infant. <sighs> Yeah. A wee little one. <laughs> we. A wee little one. And a elementary school baby. Yep. It's Girl. crazy. Getting a divorce and then you're remarried. So that obviously yep. is a good story. I want to hear a little bit about that. Ooh. Well, after I got a divorce, I was like, YOLO. I'm about to be Olivia Pope out here. I'm going to be single. Now, granted, I have a daughter, so I obviously have to take care of her. But I really thought, that this was, that was it for me. Like no more marriage. It's all good. Single mom going to raise my daughter, ended up getting an apartment. And I started working for Girl Scouts corporate, actually helping inner city girls and their moms and shelters become Girl Scouts. And I'm like, this is my calling. Like, this is it. Like, forget the church, y'all ratchet, not doing it. Ended up getting a call um, to come help with consulting because I had helped like plant churches, did some creative marketing stuff. And I was like, yeah, but don't tell nobody that I'm helping y'all because I think I'm done with the church, but I'm gonna come and help. Okay. So I need some money out here. I'm a single mom. Ended up going to this meeting at North Point Community Church. And I'm doing this presentation talking about just being creative in the church, social media in the church. And I am presenting to my now husband, Sam, which I had no idea at the time. And he's texting people like, who is this chick? And everyone's like, oh no, bro. Like that's not the one. Okay. She a little crazy. Um, she's been in ministry before. However, she's gotten a divorce. She's kind of going through some stuff with her ex. She's got a daughter like, ah, and my now husband, Sam was like, nah, I think that's the one. 
<laughs> I think that is the one. Okay. And after the divorce was final, it took some time to just like heal and get my life together. And he reached back out and he was like, Hey, let's go out to eat. And I was like, Hey no. girl. I, and he did. He slid in them DMs and I said, <laughs> it's going to be a no. Okay. And I just remember all my friends, my family, my mom, my mom, even she's like, girl, you better go on a date. You deserve this. It's been crazy. Your life been crazy. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna try. First date, six hours into the date, we literally were at Houston's. Our um, our waitress changed because we were there for so long, and it was quick. Okay, it was a little crazy as well. Um, three months after that, we ended up getting eloped. Okay, that was a, that was a little crazy. That was a little crazy. Probably would never do that again. Against the wise counsel of Andy Stanley and everything that he has said, it's like take a year off of dating after yeah. a breakup, two years after a divorce. Didn't do that. Didn't do that. So we had a rough go at our first couple years of marriage, but we clawed our way through. We healed a whole bunch. And it's crazy because now we're at year six, but it literally feels like the last couple of years have been like the best years mm. of our marriage. But that first couple of years was just ratchet. It was yeah. horrific. Um, but I love my husband. Huge part of my redemption story paid for all of my counseling. Wow. Um, when I decided to go to counseling and get healing is a Great bonus, Dad. And yeah, it's kind of crazy. Well, it wouldn't be your story if it wasn't a little crazy. That's right. <laughs> From the top to the bottom. Okay. okay it's just where and we I are. love that. Yeah. I love that so much. And so you're in Atlanta and you are still on staff and at North Point? No. So we transitioned and planted our own church um, oh. in, in the heart of the city. We're like at center stage. Not sure if you remember Georgia. Um yeah. It's really, really cool working on our own building right now. We've been wow. church planners only for a year and a half. So wow. we're doing it. You know what You're, I'm saying? Yeah, whiplash with all the things. Yeah, all the whiplash. But we still get to pour into the North Point community, and we love Andy yeah. and Sandra. They have changed our lives. So oh, anyway. I, um, his book, Love, Sex, and Dating, I have it on my uh, You know upset. about that year, that year off of dating. Yeah, oh, a hundred percent. Like a, a yeah. lot of the stuff that I talk about to young women came from that book. And I actually, so such a God thing, ran into him at a Chick-fil-A when we were moving to Chattanooga. And I'm like, is that Andy Stanley? That's Andy, Andy. Stanley. Oh, oh yes. <laughs> and so um, I was that girl and I was like, I just have to know that that book like is not only changed my way of viewing stuff, but like oh is everything that I preach to young women and like, you know, my social media and my podcast and stuff. And I like, love that. yes, girl. Yes. So Shout out to Love, Sex, and Dating by Andy Stanley. Everyone go read it. (laughs) Yes. So good. Okay. So let's talk about your ministry and what you're doing now. What are you talking about on stages? And then I want to hear about the book. Yeah. Yeah, I'm talking about the fun stuff. Embracing pain. Okay. (laughs) Surrendering our brokenness and finding healing and hope from that. Um. I don't know. I mean, not everyone's healing journey is the same, but I've found through my own personal journey and then through our courses with women all around the world that the first step to healing and hope is to embrace pain, is to Mm -hmm. surrender our brokenness, to say, you know, kind of what Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, that, you know, while God's grace is sufficient for us and his power is made perfect in our weakness, we have to be willing to boast all the more gladly about our weaknesses so yeah. that Christ's power will rest on us. And I think for me and probably the gals listening, like we just quickly buy into this lie that it is perfection and likes and followers that bring real success in life when really it's surrender. 
And I learned that the hard way. Like I have the authority to say I've done it the wrong way. Like I have stood on stages and I was a youth pastor and ordained acting like everything is fine, all on my little social media. And there's doors ripped off the hinges at my house and holes Mm. punched in the walls and, you know, darkness. And I'm just, just hiding it because of shame and all the other things and getting burnt out, not loving ministry anymore, not thinking I was called to do great things. And then, you know, we all walk through seasons even now where we see leaders fall, like, hard, whole families being ruined. And we've turned against the church when really we should just turn against unhealthy, toxic people. And we should call ourselves to hire. And so that's what I'm preaching. Like, yeah, I I believe God wants us to be holy, but I know plenty of people that can spit out a scripture real quick, but they just mean, they just straight Mm -hmm. up mean. And they're not mean probably because they're wicked, but because they're weak in some areas. There's some things that have not been tended to. There's some things that have not been healed. And so I think I'm just challenging women everywhere to be holy, sure, but to also be whole. Um, And so, yeah, that's what I feel like I'm just going to talk about forever and ever. I love it. Something I don't think we've ever talked about on this podcast is is church hurt. And you said you you walked through some of that. And I, I think yeah, what you just said is profound because people will say, oh, the church was wrong. Therefore church is wrong and Christians are wrong and Jesus is wrong, which is a very big leap. And maybe just speak to someone who might be in that place and and may not know any different, like how, how to kind of disassociate, like don't, don't, I've heard it said, don't judge Jesus based on our Christians because we're all just, we're all just a mess too. And like, yes, we should be held to a higher standard and yes, we're trying to figure it out, but like we are so imperfect as well. Anyway, I have a lot to say, but I want to hear what you have to say. No, this is great. I mean, well, Brene Brown says it best. Okay. We are imperfect and we are wired for struggle, but we are still worthy of love and belonging. Mm -hmm. And I think somewhere along the way we've, I don't even know why we've decided out of probably our pride and insecurity and our own hurt that if you're a Christian, a leader, a church, whatever, that you're imperfect and wired for struggle, but you're not worthy of love and belonging. And it's yeah. like, now I'm to go sit down somewhere. What you talking about? It's, it's sad that I have seen Christians want to place, for some reason, church leaders on these pedestals that they end up ripping them off of at the end of the day. And I have, I mean, I've been in corporate America. I was going to be a corporate lawyer. Like people are ratchet everywhere, y'all. Surprise. Okay. All right. They're ratchet in the corporate space. They're ratchet in the nonprofit space. They're ratchet in the social media and marketing space. I've been in all those spaces. And let me just say this. I would much rather deal with these ratchet people in the church because the end game is sweeter. The the end game is a whole bunch. I'm not about to find Jesus and be and live a life of wholeness and freedom in the love of Christ at my nine to five corporate job. I can be a light in that space, but it's not going to give me that. No, where you find that is in the church, is in Christian communities. Let's just be, I mean, we're just going to be real about it. We're not finding it in the club. We're not finding it at Google and Amazon. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. But so, so for me, I've just been like, number one, I think that the posture in church, in Christian organizations should always be, I have access to God just as this woman or man does, yeah. just as this pastor or pastor's wife does. And I think it starts there. I think for some reason, people come into churches thinking that they're less than placing their own selves like 
in a in a posture that is lower than leaders. And yeah. so what happens is because they place themselves there, they end up placing the leader way higher above them. And then that expectation, when it's unmet, they leave. Andy says this all the time. Reggie Joyner says this all the time. People leave churches because of unmet expectations. Expectations that we placed for some, uh, just society. We just placed it like, oh, you know what? I'm going to this church. I'm going to send this pastor. And he's just, he's way holier than, uh, than, uh, than I am. It's like, no, Jesus did not die for your pastor to have more glory than you. We right. all have the same. Okay. Mm-hmm. He did not divvy it out amongst the leaders, fam. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for me, that was hard. Like I had to realize that I was serving a pastor, not a savior. Mm-hmm. And that starts yeah. with us. And I think the minute I started to change my posture around that, I just, I don't have expectations of people like I do of Jesus. It just doesn't, I don't, it was like, hey, y'all, how y'all doing? What's up? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Jesus though, you know? Do you know that you can book a call with me? Yep, just you and me. We can talk about boys or faith or finding your calling or what you want to be when you grow up or anything in between. My passion, as you know from this podcast, is to be who I needed when I was younger. And I book online mentoring calls all throughout the week. I have a calendar where you pick a time that works for you. And we just set a phone call, date, and make it happen. Usually I'm walking around my neighborhood. You can do whatever you want. But we're going to just get to all the good stuff. Sometimes all you need is an unbiased third party who has your best interest at heart. I want to be your adopted mom, cool aunt, best friend, whatever you want to call me, but let's get real. Let's get honest. I would love to be your mentor. Check all the information at katiebulmer.life. By the way, I love that title of the broken crayon still color. Like how cute is that? (laughs) Hey, so, and then kind of, what did that start while you were still at the church or when did that start? No, no, no. That started, uh, maybe about a year or two afterwards. Um, I hit rock bottom. Transitioned from the church, got a divorce, went to Girl Scouts, didn't think that I would ever do ministry again. Ended up getting an invitation from North Point to come on stage um, and host and and just do some stuff with ministry and marketing. And then I went into counseling. And from counseling is when I started to feel the release to talk about this idea that no, really your brokenness does not discount you. That just like when we were little girls, uh, we had our little crayons and we broke one of them suckers and we just picked up half of it and kept it moving. Like, I just feel like that's what God says. It's like, well, we almost lost this little sweet girl, but she can still be used, you know? And it's been awesome. It started off with just like a middle school, high school talk that I did for FCA, the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And then I got invited to women's conferences and Sunday morning stuff and People just loved it, created an organization around it, did some courses. It's just nuts. So it's great. That's amazing. And I love that uh, one step at a time too. There's so many things that like, I feel like I say a lot when it comes to talking to young women and just pointing out in that piece, like you didn't know way back when, first of all, when you're at the club or second of all, in your first marriage, like all of these broken and seemingly like, what the heck, where am I going with life? But this ministry would come with it, but also the, sometimes you have to walk through the junk and then sometimes it's just, it's, it's both that faithful step at a time. Like, I'm not sure what's next, but the faithful one step at a time. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, that that's, I think that's one of the schemes of the enemy is that he would think, or that we would think that it's just like our pain is just supposed to make sense overnight. And it just doesn't work like that. Unfortunately, The healing journey is not linear and that sucker is painful, yeah. but 
I think through the endurance of healing, of saying, man, this really sucked hard, but I've been on this journey and on this journey, I found community to support me and to see me and to know me deeply and all my mess. I've sat on somebody's counseling couch or on a Zoom and I've started to really process even things from when I was a little girl that's showing up now and I'm healing from them so they don't show up again. I mean, it's just this beautiful, refining, selfless journey. And when you get to the other side of it, to and I'm not like, I don't think we ever arrive, right? But when you get to the other side of it, you look back and say, I, I kind of am grateful yeah. that I went through this. It sucks and it shouldn't have happened to me. And there are things that really made me a victim when I didn't want to be. Darkness really came into my story in so many different ways. But hope rises from the dirt. Mm. When you have come up out of a freaking valley and onto a mountain, I mean, I just got like the chills just even talking about my pits are sweating a little bit. I'm <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Like it's it's that whole like light doesn't serve its purpose unless there's darkness kind of yeah. that kind of thing. And it's really beautiful. Redemption. Yes. Mm. I know, right? So I'm just good. picturing, I know someone, you lived a life before you were even what, like 22? Yeah. <laughs> real, real crazy. I'm like, Lord, wow. Look, we went through a whole bunch here. God, you really uh, pulled a doozy here. <laughs> you squeezed some things in those first 20 years, didn't you? <laughs> just pack it all in. <laughs> there's someone listening and thinking, Oh, I'm too far gone. And like, this is a cute story for her and whatever. But I don't know. I'm thinking I've thought a lot lately about is God good. And do I trust him? Because I look back at the mm-hmm. junk that happened and I see the good. And so, and I look at my future, which I don't know, obviously is uncertain. Is God good? And do I trust him? So looking back, you know, your eight year old self, no, I wouldn't have planned for you to walk through that stuff. Mm-hmm. But now that you did it and you're, um, you know, on the other side and stronger, the ministry that has come. So all mm. that to say, like someone who maybe is in some junk or thinking, mm. yeah, no, well, that's great. But that my story is too messy. I just know that you have some words for her. Mm. I just think that God does his best work in the mess. Yeah. I just think he does. I just think yeah. he's like the master redeemer. And um, there's a speaker named Danielle Strickland. She is powerful. She works for the Salvation, or she used to work for the Salvation Army. She's got like some grit. She's got some stories to tell. You know what I'm saying? Um, I listened to her, one of her messages and she talked about just the the very beginning of the earth and how, you know, there was Jesus and there was the Holy Spirit and there was a God and they were creating this, this thing called the world. And, and there was moments of chaos, obviously. Uh, shout out to Eve. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she did a whole bunch. There was there was darkness. There was chaos. And it says that the Holy Spirit was found dwelling over the chaos. Mm. And I just think about like my ministry career and I think about my life and I'm like, I really want to be where the Holy Spirit is. I want to be in the chaos. Yeah. I I love the towers of ministry, getting to stand on stages and going to conferences. And this is awesome. It's great impact. But I really love the trenches. And I think I love the trenches because I think that's where healing is found. It's where hope is born. It's where the Holy Spirit dwells. He's with us. And so when you start to process and think about your mess, and again, like, sis, I've been through it. Like, (laughs) I have been through the mess. And you know, one time Beth Moore told me that there are some some women that 
you look at their lives and it's like, dang, you ain't been through nothing. Like, right. you know, you, you kind of start to fall into the comparison trap. And she said, there are just some of us girls that it's just, it's a gritty life. Yeah. And she said, but our testimonies found there. And for those of you that it's like, dang it, like, why, why does my life have to be so hard? I think what we can look forward to is the idea that Jesus is tending to the broken. It's the it's the 99 versus the one. Mm-hmm. Find refuge in the fact that Jesus is coming for you because you're lost. He's coming yeah. for you because you're broken. He's coming for you because it's dark, because yeah. his light needs to pierce through it. Yeah. And there's just that's just good news. It's just right. good news. That yeah. yeah, it sucks, but that's where he's dwelling. Right. Look for right. him there, you know? Yes. Yes. And then just on the the opposite of that conversation, I got a DM recently of a girl like she is the quote boring testimony and yeah. I haven't been through all that junk and like, Oh, well God can't use me. Or I, I haven't like, but that's a story we want for our children. Like that's good you, too. Listen, <laughs> I have a, a, there's a girl that is literally the glue to our organization. Her name is Bailey. She says this all the time and I can speak to it because she would say it publicly. And um, she's, you know, been through that. She's just like, Tony, but Tony, you have so much to tell. You have such a great story because you've come from so much hard. Da, 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 da. She was like, I just don't even know. And I'm like, let me tell you something. When I look, I, I call them the, the Sharons of the world. Okay. Because Sharon is always just the most kind. Okay. She's <sighs> making the charcuterie. She's bringing everything to the party. It's like, why are you so freaking happy? Sharon is a Teletubby. All right. She is a care bear. And you know, I don't understand it. The Sharons of the world give me so much hope Yeah, because while our stories don't look the same and we darn for sure should not be looking to our left or right to justify the story that God has written through us because we don't want to fall into the comparison trap. Shout out to Sandra Stanley. Those people still do give us hope though. Mm -hmm. It's, It's like when we're scrolling down our Instagrams and we see like the story of, of someone who couldn't walk and then now they can walk. And you're just like, Oh, you're overwhelmed, right? Like your pits are sweating. You're like, they battled through this disease and they came out on the other side of it. But even when they were in the disease, they were so super happy and smiling and grateful. Like we admire those people. We love those stories. Well, the reason why we love them so much is because they give us who are in really hard valleys, hope that mountains will come. Hope that mountains of hope will actually be there for us. And so I'm like, be a light, be a light, proclaim that. That's a testimony in itself. Look at my life. Look at what God has done in this way. He can work in anything. And so be, be hope to somebody's shoe and ride that good old life out. Dang it. Yes. And it's so inspiring. Um, one of my favorite quotes is you can't be what you can't see. And if you have avoided a ton of those pitfalls and walked away and my word, as you can speak, um, and myself, like when you go through all that junk, it's not sunshine and roses. It's not just a fun story to stare from the stage. It's counseling. It's tears. It's pain. So much work, real pain. So I would much rather, yeah, like to have not gone through all that crap. Yeah. Yeah. Like sleepless, like sleep, like regular sleep doesn't really exist a whole bunch when you're healing because there's anxiety and there's pressure and there's just all the, I'm just, trust me, y'all just, just ride that life on and love Jesus with all your heart. Okay. Preach. Amen. Um, all right. So the book, tell me all the good stuff. Mm. When, when, where, how, all, all the, all the things I'm so excited for you. So I wrote this book, and it's crazy because I started writing it a month before I got pregnant with our son. And oh, wow. I was like, well, this is going to be really hormonal and weird, you know? <laughs> um, 
And it was, and it surely was. I was crying in coffee shops all around Georgia, traveling all around, speaking, pregnant. It was crazy. But it was also really beautiful because, you know, my first pregnancy with my daughter was really hard. I was, again, in a really toxic marriage. I mean, there was just so much going on around me. So it wasn't the best experience. Three days before she was born, my um, ex-husband lost his job. We were poor. I was breastfeeding out of necessity. I mean, it was a really horrific situation. And so being pregnant with my son in a stable marriage at a great church with healing and hope and wholeness all around me, it was redemption. And so when I was writing, I really do feel like the the idea of redemption and healing and wholeness and a second chance comes alive in this book. And this book isn't about my story. It is about a healing roadmap to help everyone else with their story. Mm. And it's called Brave Enough to be Broken, How to Embrace Pain and Discover Hope and Healing. Like it's a how-to book. And then it's got a little bit of my ratchetness in it so that you know Uh. I have the authority to speak into this. Okay. Yeah. But it's, it's beautiful. It's like, First part story, second part like work, like it's Mm. work. It's how to find counseling, how to do counseling really well, how to transition toxic community because some of your friends are holding you back from healing and wholeness. It's Mm. how to practice gratitude for real, how to have a real deep and intentional relationship with Jesus. Not like a Sunday I can raise my hands and sing all the best Hillsong worship songs, but like a Monday is coming, let's get through this together throughout the week type relationship. And I mean, it's like work, like it's real work. And I say that not afraid that people are going to be like, well, oh gosh, I don't want to get that book because it's work. I say that because I believe that there's a generation that's coming up that's saying, I want to do the work because I want to be better than my mom and dad. Okay. Yeah. I want to be better than the generations that I saw in churches fall because they were so ashamed of their mess. They didn't want to say it yeah. and they didn't want to get the healing. But yeah, I feel like this book, Brave Enough to Be Broken, is for women who are ready to do the work so that they can. Yeah be whole and healthy yeah. and awesome. Yes. Yes. Be awesome. I also think your story is so interesting in that, you know, you walk through this toxic marriage, you, um, uh, as you said, you know, dancing on the tables and all that kind of stuff, but then so young have this restart new marriage, marry mm-hmm. a, someone on a pastor's staff. Uh, I mean, a pastor have a, a new baby. Like you could very easily just be like, this is my story. Look at sweet. Look at perfect. You know, and no one would have to know you're at a new church. You're at a new, like no one, you could just pretend, but you chose to be like, no, we're going to, you know, seriously, I know people that have done that. Yeah. And I know people that have all this crazy stuff and they're like, oh, well, you know, but now I have this picture perfect life and we don't even need to Mm. go down that road. That's so good. I just, I don't know. Like, why, why it made you choose to speak up? Yeah. You probably, you probably never thought of any different. You're like, no, I, I, I never thought you know, wait a minute. No, it's true though. Like, yeah, I have a whole new community. There's like whole new, you know, followers and audience and all the things yeah. I really could just be like, surprise y'all. I'm perfect. <laughs> but, but no, I right. just, I'm even like, I kind of got like disgusted even thinking about hiding those parts of my story because I know that real hope comes when we stop hiding. Yeah. I know that. Like, yeah, I, and, and here's the other thing. I feel like I have the authority to speak into this because I've done it the other way. I've quite literally stood on stages and was hiding, was hiding that the home was broken, was hiding that I was battling with anxiety and drinking my freaking tail off to, to numb it. Like I was hiding all that and it 
broke me mm-hmm. in a way that made me feel like I couldn't even be redeemed. And I don't yeah. want to go back there. It's a no yeah. for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a no for me. I, I want to live an open life. I need people to, this is what I am battling through and not from a, you know, immature place because people be on Instagram leaking all over the place. It's like, sis, we did not need to know about that breakup. You yourself aren't, aren't over it just yet. Okay. You're going yeah. to get some help first. Yeah. But from a place that says, no, I've done the work and I can mm-hmm. talk about this from a hope filled place and not leak on everybody and make them feel bad about their lives. You know, right. Speak um, from your scars, not your wounds, as they say. Come on, is what they say. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Because we can tell, you know, y'all, listen, there's somebody listening that remembers watching somebody on Instagram, on Snapchat, on TikTok. And it's like, ooh, okay, you're not all the way healed, sweet girl. This right. is getting a little weird, okay? <laughs> it's getting a little awkward, okay? We don't want to do that, y'all, okay? Healed places, okay? Yes, yes. Yes, well, I just wanted to talk about that because, like, I mean, I know people yeah. and they have such powerful testimonies and they could share, but they're like, no, I'd rather just put on the picture perfect because they don't need to know I've moved cities, yep. I've a different marriage, like, but, mm-hmm. but you have some junk and it could heal people. Um, I've heard yep. it said that, um, and this is a crazy analogy, but it's going to the prison because you have the keys, but you have to go naked, unlocking people out of prison, but mm-hmm. you have to be vulnerable and feel exposed to do it. I have a friend who, who walked through an abortion, um, before she got married and she didn't need to talk about it. No one, no one knew. Now she's in this perfectly good marriage, a wonderful husband. Like no one needed to know, but she tells her story because it heals Mm. other women. And so many women talked to her like, Oh my gosh, I'm so glad that you shared this story. And, um, and she's actually the one who who gave me that example of going to let, let people out of prison naked. (laughs) I gotta be honest. That's a pretty scarring. That's a pretty scarring visual, but I'm down for it. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, whew, all my glory out. But all right, we're gonna do it. We're gonna ride, we're gonna ride this thing maybe, out. Naked. Maybe in naked. I've been told I said that very country. Anyways, maybe, maybe in really bad pajamas. Either way, you don't no, look good. That. Yeah, go it's your mess and your mm-hmm. hair's a mess and your makeup is a week old and it just Yeah. <laughs> Your makeup is a week old. We all know somebody just touched their eyelashes. Like, you know what? I did leave that mascara on for far too long. I lost a few lashes. I know. I know it. Tony, you are such a delight. I'm so (laughs) thankful to meet you through the internet and have this conversation. Um, I always like to ask my guest one final question before we go. And that is if you could have coffee with your 20 year old self. (laughs) Oh, that sweet girl. I want to give her a mm. hug. What would you tell her? I'm so sad for her. <laughs> I am. When I think about yeah. her, I'm just, it makes me so sad. Um, I think I would tell her that she can start over, that she has permission yeah. to start over. Because I can remember in that season. Okay. Also, I'm doing like, I don't know if, if anybody's listening to this. Please research internal family systems, Dr. Allison Cook. I am doing what's called part work right now in counseling. And I'm quite literally speaking to like the eight-year-old Tony, the 13-year-old Tony. So when you said the 20-year-old Tony, I haven't even gotten there yet. So I'm kind of, I'm weepy because I'm like, oh my gosh, let me imagine her. And I think that she was so afraid to start over. She was so, she, she was like, there's no way. Like I, I chose this guy. I'm going to have to see it through. Like, I just need to go through with the wedding. Like, I just need to do it. People are going to be looking at me like, oh, you're such a failure. Failure. You turned around. 
she was also like, but I'm going to be like set back. Like I'm 20. I need to hurry up. I need to get married. And I just wish that she would have had someone to tell her and give her the permission to just start over mm. that there's enough time. There's enough grace. Yeah. She can just start over. She can say, no, this is, this doesn't feel right. Start over. Yeah. And I just, poor thing. I just feel like she would have just been, I don't know. She would have felt so much better saying, Hey, you know what? The wedding's off. Like yeah. I can't do this. It doesn't feel right. Hey, you know what? I'm going back to Texas. I need to be with my family or I'm going back to law school. Cause it's what I want to do. It's in my heart. And, uh, and then I would just give her a big old hug because no one has hugged her and told mm. her that she doesn't have to be strong. Mm. Oh. <laughs> no. I'm having all the feels too. What did you say that that book is called or that, that work? Girl. Oh, Internal Family Systems. It's called Boundaries for Your Soul by Dr. Allison Cook. It will be one of the greatest things you've ever done for yourself and for your childhood wounds. It is remarkable. I am literally in the middle of it talking to 13-year-old Tony. The whole concept around it is that our soul has parts and those parts keep showing up throughout our lives. And sometimes they show up in really healthy ways. Oftentimes they show up in really unhealthy ways because what happens is that we're sitting at work, we're having a conversation and we feel something overwhelmingly negative because our boss just told us that our project wasn't good. And then now all of a sudden, eight-year-old Tony is like, I'm not good enough. This is horrible. Mm -hmm. And so instead of trying to stuff it down and act like you're not feeling that way, the internal family systems says, why don't you just have a little sit down with that part of you? Why don't you just make that part of you feel welcome and tend to it and bring Jesus there and let Jesus heal that part of you so that the next time your boss says, or your professor says, you did a bad job on this that part knows that it's okay to feel a little embarrassed, but they've started healing alongside you in Jesus. And so it's just, oh, it's so good. Oh, it sounds good. I'm like, I already wrote it down. I'm going to have to like, give me some, give me some of that goodness on Amazon. Get that audio book, girl. Boundaries for your soul. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Can we be friends in real life? (laughs) Listen, okay. I don't want to say this, but I do want to say that I am going to be in Chattanooga on Saturday. I'm just going to put that. Hey, hey. Okay. Sounds good. (laughs) Well, Tony, I'm going to link all of this stuff on the show notes. So delightful to meet you. And I cannot wait for the book. It's happening. Brave enough to be broken, baby. Yes. Love it. And we'll put all your social media links too, because obviously you're fine. Yay.